Happy Thursday, kiddos. You're listening to The Intersection on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Also, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests on the program appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. You want to tweet me? Take your chances, kiddo, at Clinton Yates, and of course, L. Duncan, at L. Duncan ESPN. Join the discussion, y'all. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Right now, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Deshaun Jackson is an individual that has been in the news headlines for as long as his athletic career has been something that we knew about. He was a big-time athlete in high school. You might remember where he went to college. L is Cal Berkeley, in case you forgot, chilling out there in the South, sipping lemonade. How are you today, by the way? I can't with you. Hi, Clint. All right, anyway, my point is, Deshaun Jackson has been in the news for a long time. As a general person, a lot of people have passed judgment on who this individual is. Never mind how he plays football. You can go all the way back to when people thought he had gang ties or whatever when he was a young man. Carved out a nice little career as a speedster in the NFL. And then he did something galactically stupid and ignorant in the last couple of days. L. Duncan, the co-host of this program, along with myself, which I have an honor to present with the undefeated, spoke on this very lovely all week. Like we said on the conference call that y'all don't get to hear. She didn't just hit three homers in one game. <laughs> Been slugging tremendously all week, making a point that we all need to know. And then I'll follow up with after that taught me something. L, talk to me about what's going on with Deshaun Jackson this week and the follow-up with another man who's named Jackson as well. Yeah, I'm disappointed because I think I, – listen – I understand what Deshaun Jackson was trying to do. What Deshaun Jackson was trying to do was sort of highlight the part of the, the, the passage that talked about black people being the children of God, right? I think he was trying to uplift his community and say, like, we're ch- the chosen people and we are. But there was a couple of things that he did wrong. First of all, he didn't do enough research on factions or sectors of the black uh, Hebrew Israelites that are incredibly anti-Semitic per the Anti-Defamation League, right? He also erroneously thought that that passage was attributed to Hitler, which makes it even worse because he thought it was attributed to Hitler and it wasn't, but he started by posting something that started with, as Hitler said, and it's just this idea that you think you can uplift your own community by completely dehumanizing another community is so incredibly wrong, Clinton. And it's just, it's it's so wrong. I think that there is this idea when I when I I know we're going to get you know a little bit more into this, but when I said and sort of what's gone viral, if you will, is me saying there is no hierarchy to bigotry. What I mean by that is it is not okay as someone who has done so much good for the black community, that has done so much. Um, in terms of of trying to educate people on what Black Lives Matter means and trying to sort of, you know, dismantle racism uh, in the NFL and to be vocal in that fight, you cannot then turn around and do the exact same thing to another marginalized group of people. It makes absolutely no sense. And I'm frustrated because this idea of pleading ignorance is, I mean, it started with Hitler. You guys, if we can't agree that Hitler is deplorable and that he should never be quoted, like if we can't agree that if you're saying something that would have the neo-Nazi stand up and applaud your efforts, it's wrong. It's wrong. There is no naivete when it comes to Hitler. I can understand and buy there might be some naivete when it comes to, again, the black Hebrew-Israelite movement. But there is none when it comes to Hitler. The same exact ideology that he posted is what had an entire generation of Jewish people murdered. And it's wrong. And for 
I was frustrated because for the Eagles to sort of call this a teachable moment, it felt like they missed the mark. And, yes, for the people that are like, well, Riley Cooper, they missed the mark there too. Damn, these things are not – these are false equivalencies. They're not the same thing, period. Like, they were wrong then. They should have done more than fine them $30,000 and then extend them for five years. They should have done a lot more, but they did not. And the fact they chalked this up to a learning experience just felt like it completely missed the mark here, Clinton. On top of that, we don't need black Israelites for black folks to respect the plight of the Jewish community. You know what I'm saying? That's a specific point that you're exactly right about in terms of what the individual misunderstanding of our histories are. But more largely, in terms of the ranking that you described, we don't need that. But I'm here to describe you all something. When it comes to black America, just like the rest of America, there are large pockets of humans who consider themselves to be respectable individuals who ascribe and subscribe to heinously idiotic and harmful ideologies. Now, as a black person in America growing up, oftentimes you put these people in compartments in which you just describe them as folks you don't take seriously. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you got bigger things on your mind. Like, I don't know. Trying to get a loan. I don't know. Trying to graduate. I don't know. Trying to stay alive. And as a result, we tend to misunderstand the fact that trying to represent yourself and be who you are does not preclude you from turning into a person who does not understand a lot of other people. And in this case, Deshaun and Steven Jackson, they displayed their ignorance in a way that was harmful. And I'm going to be very honest here with y'all. I learned something about myself this week. Because if I had heard this brother saying this in anywhere, in any context where I'm from, I'd just be like, okay, that's some garden variety hotep nonsense. Mm -hmm. I would have put it in that box. But because of how you spoke on it, L, and because of how I've grown as a human in 2020, I looked at this a lot differently. And I'm not touting myself for some level of personal growth because it hasn't changed my understanding about what I understand about suffering. It has simply allowed me to progress as a person who chooses to either dismiss or address or even go farther with things that I know to be not just ignorant but harmful. Because when you exist in the population of human beings whom are routinely discriminated against, it is oftentimes difficult because of your own personal situation to, rep- to understand the difference between ignorance and harm. What Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson said were harmful. That is the point. And I'll be honest with y'all. On ESPN Radio, The Intersection, Clinton Yates, L. Duncan, I learned how harmful this was this week. Whereas before, L, I just viewed it as ignorant. Yeah, well, and by the way, because we don't have just black people sort of listening, if you don't know what Clinton referred to when he meant hotep, and it's basically when Pardon. you dig up ob- obscure or ridiculous facts right on the internet to try to f- prove a fact, and then you like write it off. It's basically a confirmation bias, but in the worst possible way. Yes. Um, uh, and so that's what that's what he was referring to. Look at me being the urban mm-hmm. dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, listen, I feel like, you know, I've, I've been really bombarded by, uh, like, colleagues and also, you know, on social media from Jewish Americans saying, like, thank you so much for being an ally. And I'm like, oh, my God, the most, the most basic level of allyship is calling out someone for for quoting, Mr., you know, erroneously quoting Hitler. Like, it just, it seems, it seems 
so ridiculous to me that this is where we're at as a country that like it's controversial in some type of way to say this is wrong and bigoted and you can't say it period and uh i think that what was really frustrating for me as well clinton was the subsequent like i think deshaun jackson's initial apologies definitely missed the mark it was well you took it out of context and so it was one of those if you were offended type of things right and i do think that you know he's come around in the last couple of days and 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 fully understands the full gravity of what he did despite the fact that he is a 33 year old man so i'm still not excusing him for literally posting something that started with as hitler said Um, but i think i'm most disappointed in stephen jackson and i do believe that we have is this his apology from CNN, um, Shannon, or is this his original Instagram, like... It's Insta. Okay, this is his Insta. Let's listen, and this is why I was so disappointed, is that he went originally and defended Deshaun Jackson, and then the next day, instead of sort of walking some of that back, which is exactly what Deshaun Jackson did, he just doubled down on the crazy. Reminder, being a black person doesn't make it okay to sanction things that are anti-Semitic, in case you were wondering my stance on that. Okay, the bottom line is this was not productive, number one, in my opinion, as somebody that's trying to at least remotely stand up for the things we're already talking about that needs to be represented. And number two, it was harmful. Lastly, it's a suspendable offense, NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. Sincerely, a black person in America. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Coming up, has Steven Jackson's comments in support of Deshaun Jackson undermined his message in the aftermath of his friend George Floyd's death? 888-ESPN-1888-729-3776 is the intersection on ESPN Radio. Hey. Reminder, Lady A is a black woman. Not a country group. You're listening to The Intersection on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You want to tweet me? Give it a rip, yo. At Clinton Yates. L. Duncan is at L. Duncan ESPN. Call us up. Let's have a little chit-chat. 1-888-ESPN. 1-888-729-3776. Is there a double standard for how we as Americans process bigotry and president presidential? Listen to me, L. Prejudicial language. (laughs) Oh, that was awkward. Anyway, Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAESW30. 1-888-SAY-ESPN. 1-888-729-3776. We've been exploring the communication about the understanding of what anti-Semitism means in America vis-a-vis the black community in the last week as a result of Deshaun Jackson's outrageous comments and as a result of what Steven Jackson had to say on the follow-up. Let's hear his apology on CNN in which he tried to clarify his comments. The problem, L, with saying that it's the last thing on your list is that the implication instantly is that it's on the list at all of things you're defending. You see what I'm saying? So by addressing this this way, you're giving credence to it in any regard at all, which for a person like Steven Jackson, who admittedly has been going through it on a level that has changed America, I think he believes this, but that doesn't preclude what he believes from, in my opinion, being wrong, y'all. 
Yeah, and you know, there is just the art of of I'm sorry has really been lost. <laughs> it's like yeah. just say I'm sorry, say I was wrong and that I should have never in any way defended anything that was so clearly and incredibly anti-Semitic. I know he was trying to defend his brother, his friend, um I under again, I understand what he was trying to do, but I also take issue with him saying that, you know, they I, this was about the Eagles and how they were treating Deshaun so unfairly and so much differently than Riley Cooper. I mean, again, I think that how they treated Riley Cooper, I th- they let him off the hook, but they at, at the very least they fined him. I mean, they fined yeah. him, I think, $37,000. I don't think that they've done anything in terms of Deshaun Jackson. I think they sort of wrote it off as like a teachable moment, and that's where my, you know, sort of my, uh, my issue came from um, to begin with. But my question for you, Clinton, is do you think mm. that this somehow – waters down or sullies the incredible work that Steven Jackson and Deshaun Jackson have done in the movement for equality for black people because of this. Absolutely not, because it's not one for one. And also, on top of that, it's not zero sum, meaning whatever Steven and Deshaun Jackson's idiotic views are about their understanding of how the Jewish community operates on the globe and in this country, that doesn't preclude police from killing black folks. You see what I'm saying? They are not the same. And that level of psychological compartmentalization is exactly what is in every day, every hour, every minute task for black folks. We know that. And that's not to dismiss anything. All I'm saying is that they are separate in one way, but they are linked in another way. But how they are linked is a story and a history and an entire, I don't even know, academic discipline that nobody I've had any conversations with is really ready to address in the context of, yeah, a lot of people say a lot of ignorant stuff. We are citing this as ignorant. You do not have to erase the entire talk, entire chalkboard to note that. It is extremely unfortunate that it turns out that is Deshaun in one case and Steven in another because of how prevalent he's been in terms of how we've discussed everything. But that certainly doesn't mean that every single black person on earth who does not denounce this believes this. That's not right. where we are. When eight 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 say ESPN, one eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six L. Am I wrong on this? No, I don't think that you're wrong. I don't. And again, I I I'm I'm most disappointed because of all the great work that Stephen Jackson's done. That now it will always there will be an asterisk that okay, well he's done all of these great and amazing things and incredible things in the fight for equality for his people, but then turned around and said things that are in direct contradiction to that when it came to an entirely other group of people. So you don't want the, you know the idea that you are. Um, a community activist and leader in one community and an anti-Semite in the other. It, it just will right. always have an asterisk next to what you do, and I that's why I'm disappointed. Um, I don't know Steven Jackson particularly well, but we work together. I like him. We always bonded in an Atlanta type of way, and I'm just disappointed that him and Deshaun as well, because, again, he's done great work in the community, um, and I'm just disappointed that there will always sort of be this this asterisk. But I would also say that I have been – the recipient of a second chance and I made a very public mistake in my life and career as well and I asked for grace and humility and I received it and so uh, but that didn't mean I was fr- I was free of consequence from it either so I did pay um, you know a, a consequence for that I still do anytime someone disagrees with me I'm reminded of my of my mistake in the past but I do think that you know the idea that he should not be able to seek employment anymore or not 
play for the Eagles anymore. I'm, I don't know that I'm there. But again, I also can't stand Clinton when white people come to the defense of other white people and go, oh, well, he was contritious, so like, let's let the man move on. I would lean on my Jewish brothers and sisters here and say, what do you think is befitting of, of what he did? And, and I'd have to lean on them in regards to like the punishment fitting the crime. And that is completely fair. However, I implore you people who consider yourselves to be intellectuals to understand this is not only about the contrition and the punishment. It's about the understanding of what actually happened in the world. Be better. That's what matters. McCord Maker has changed the entire landscape of college basketball. It's the intersection on ESPN Radio. We'll talk about it next. What's poppin', L? You're listening to The Intersection on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. The song is by a white person. The show is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests on the program appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Hit easy? us up. Ooh, strike one, batter. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass you in front of our friends and family. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The truth is I forgot the dude's name, but I like the song. Uh, Call us. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Hit us up. That is important. Reminder, the CAA Black Conference is canceled all fall sports. This is something we'll touch on later in the program in terms of where we are regarding coronavirus. Joining us right now on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line, five, excuse me, five-star college basketball recruit. He's going to Howard, y'all. My father went to Howard. I'm from D.C. I am very excited about this. Mr. Maker, I have to ask you one question first of all. I want to hear you say your name so that I know how to pronounce it for the rest of my life and all these other dudes don't keep botching it. It's McCore Maker. I have well. been I have nailed it for months now. Thank you. See Clint. Okay, well, yeah, it's here. Yeah, you were right, Al. It was all you. Anyway, McCord, <laughs> thank you for joining us on the program. I want to ask you first of all, what has, and I asked this question very personally, the love felt like from the DC community since you committed to Howard. Reminder, it's my hometown and I hold this very close to me, sir. Yeah. It's been crazy. Um when I committed and just when I went on my visit, it was it was it was like something I it felt like family. Not just from D C itself, but from the all of all of the US and globally also. You know, you, you know, athletes are reaching out to me. Um some of the alumni are reaching out to me. Um the student body was just connected and the culture was there. So once I committed it, everything just turned up and everybody was showing a lot of love. McCord, it's not only significant that you chose to go to uh, an HBCU, you chose to go to a Howard team that I believe won four games uh, last year. And not only that, you chose them over blue blood programs, right? UCLA, Kentucky, uh, Louisville, right? Am I right? Um, why, why? In Memphis, what? What went into the decision outside of wanting to start a trend, which I know you've been v very vocal about, what went into the decision of choosing to go to Howard over these programs? Well, um, I took unofficial visits my freshman year. You know, I took some unofficial visits to UCLA, um, USC, you know, other top schools also. And, you know, I wanted the HBCU to be my last one and to really experience what it would be like. Um, if I'm telling a top recruit to visit a HBCU, I'll tell them to make it their first or their last visit. And you'd really, you know, you'd really be stunned and shocked. But when I went on my visit for Howard University, um, everybody was telling me that you're going to have an you know, incredible weekend. You know, it's Howard homecoming. And, you know, you're going to have the best time of your life. So I went over there and I met with Coach Kenny Blakeney. And, you know, his background stood out a lot to me. You know, he, he played at Duke University. He played at the Madeline High School. He 
went to two Ivy League schools in college, and knowing that, I know that Coach Kenny would care about my academics and my basketball future. So, you know, being around this whole culture and or D.C. itself, D.C. is powerful for networking, and, you know, being around the student body, it felt like family instantly. That was a bonus. And, you know, it was it was a tough choice. You know, cho- choosing behind, behind Kentucky, Memphis, UCLA, and no other top schools also, but it was a tough choice. But how it really stood out and what they had to offer with their rich, you know, background history and everything that they had, it was crazy. <laughs> and the one thing that I loved about D.C. also was the mumble sauce. Yeah, yes. got him, got him, yes. got him. Thank you, my man's. That's what I'm talking about. We yeah. got our no dough. The best chicken wings in America are made in carryouts in Northwest DC, where I'm from. You're listening to the Intersection on ESPN Radio. McCord Maker joins us. He's committed to Howard. I appreciate you bringing that up, but I want to ask you something based on what you said earlier. The international yeah. aspect of what you bring to the game. How do you feel you are personally in that position in terms of the global basketball community and what you bring in terms of your background to what everybody's going to understand about what players like you not just bring to the court, but who you are as global citizens? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm South Sudanese. You know, um, I grew up in Australia. I played basketball in Canada. I played basketball in uh, America over here in the U.S. And I've lived in all in, in all those places. So, in a basketball perspective, I bring you know a lot of a lot of people are all eyes on me. But one thing my cousins, my family, and my coach always tells me is, is be is just be professional and you carry yourself in a great way. You know, people are gonna be inspired by what you do, and you know, just carry yourself in a certain way and just be professional on and off the floor. McCor, you 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 know, are starting what many people hope at least will be a trend that some of these top prospects will prospects will ch- start choosing HBCUs to really start uh, amplifying their programs. But you also have the benefit of playing a sport that, frankly, you, you don't really need to play in college to, to be able to make an impact at the next level. How much of that factored into your decision when deciding to go to uh, a program that hasn't even made the tournament in decades? Well, I'll put that on me. You know, if I'm if I'm choosing this school, I have to be a leader. I have to come in there and I have to get guys better. Um, you know, I take the honors on me. I take, you know, Coach Kenny. Coach Kenny Blake knows how to build a program. It was his first year there. The coaching staff, all the players want to work. And I think everybody's excited, you know, speaking to the players, coming in there, we're all, we're all ready to work. We've already played a lot of games. And, you know, it starts from day one, just getting in there and competing. But do you Listen. foresee that? Do you, I'm sorry, Clinton. Just sorry, a quick follow. Do you foresee something like this happening in football, where it is a little bit more about the team around you and the facilities itself? I mean, I know that you were sort of inspired by Lamelo Ball a little bit in making this decision. Why was that? Well, if you look at uh, Lamelo's situation and R.J. Hampton, those are you know two guys that grew up in the U.S. and played basketball over here. And, you know, they went over to Australia, and Australia's facilities are kind of similar to Howard University. You know, they're not really fancy, per se. But, you know, it just shows that you're able to go anywhere, in the, you know, globally. And, you know, if you, if you can dominate, the NBA will find you or wherever it is that you want to pursue, and you'd have a great chance of doing it. You're listening to ESPN Radio. This is The Intersection. Clinton Yates. L. Duncan, McCord Maker, the first five-star college basketball recruit who's committed to an HBCU since ESPN started making these daggone rankings in 2007. Don't think I forgot. I'm very excited about the fact that he's going to Howard. 
Tell me a little something about your game, McCoy, for those who don't know. I think a lot of people were introduced to the entirety of your entire setup this yeah. week. What are you bringing to the court, fam? Well, I'm, I'm seven feet, and I, I'm, I'll say I'm versatile. I can dribble, shoot, and pass the ball. You know, I like to play all, I play defense and offense, you know, on both ends of the floor. You know, I get out and transition, and I run. You know, the one thing I could do is, you know, I get out and run. But fourth quarter, I always put it like this. Um, the guy who's ever guarding me is going to be tired. So, you know, that just brings it down. I hit the open shot. You know, I can, I can handle the ball, and I'm comfortable wherever you put me on the floor. Everybody sort of has that uh, that that player that they modeled their game at least a little bit after who they were inspired by. Who would be yeah. yours, McCore? Well, I, I take bits and pieces out of everybody's game. You know, I look at I look at the greats. I look at Mike and Jordan. They they intensity that they bring every single night, and you know, LeBron the way he gets downhill, Katie's skill set, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon's footwork, and you know, during this this whole virus, I've been watching a lot of films on a lot of greats, and I'll try to implement it on my game and try to see where it, where it, where it can you know, fit in and help. And then just try to be the best me as possible. He's McCoy Maker. You're going to see him on Howard University's campus. You don't know about Georgia Let's Avenue, L. Get me pumped. H-U, you know. I didn't even go there, but my dad But I do did. know about stands, and McCoy doesn't need to be there anytime stands. soon. I'm just we're saying. We're getting Let's too lucid. McCoy, thank you for your time. <laughs> we appreciate it. Good luck and good night, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Thanks, McCourt. No doubt. McCourt's from South Sudan. Dinka Warrior. For those of you who don't know, understand that. Look it up on your own. Do you know how happy him dropping the mamba sauce just made you? Young. Do you see As we would say on my hood, young. I'm very pumped. (laughs) I just started screaming. It was just natural, innate reaction. so ridiculous. You just started screaming, okay? Y'all don't know about Howard China. I'm really fired up about this. This is so exciting. Coming up. Could situations like the one Rasir, excuse me, Bolton's experienced at Penn State cause other black athletes to consider HBCUs? Look at that. It's all tied together. It's the intersection on ESPN Radio. I'm admittedly confused. Is this a Shannon or an L pick? Raise your hand if it's yours. I could tell it was Shannon's. By the way, he was banging his head up and down before the segment started. You're listening to the intersection on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. That means I like the song. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests on the show appear via the Shell Pencil Performance Line. We see you on Twitter. Hit me up at Clinton Yates, at L. Duncan ESPN. I have laid waste to a couple idiots on that daggone platform this week. So take your chances. 1-888-SAY-ESPN, 1-888-729-3776. If you don't know Rasir Bolton's name, let me explain to you who he is. He was a college basketball player that played for the Penn State Nittany Lions. He decided to transfer to Iowa State. Why? Because he didn't feel the support of the program after his coach dropped what we just call the new N-bomb on him, not that word, but he casually used the word noose in regard to the pressure that Rasir was experiencing as a student-athlete in the situation. Rasir said something to somebody, as you're supposed to do. See something, say something. That's what I hear from all y'all every day of the week across America. He did that. His parents got involved. You know his coach's defense of what he said to him allegedly in support, and what he said was, I can help you. I can loosen the noose around your neck. Coach's defense was, L, and I say this specifically to you, I'm from the North. I didn't know.
you know. So Dog. Stop it. What are we stop. doing? Stop. It's 2020, my guy. Stop. I'm from the north. I didn't know. Forget about how much this might have harmed Rasir in terms of the lack of support and outreach that this young man needed at a time so far as to, to feel that he needed to go to Iowa. Another story. I don't understand how this happens in this way, and that's the lone excuse, L. You're from the South. Talk to me. Yeah, well, but this has just become the convenient sort of way to excuse yourself or to try to minimize the damage by saying, like, oh, well, I didn't know. Like, I I didn't really realize what a noose around the neck meant, and I didn't really realize, you know, that, like, quoting Hitler was bad, and, like, I didn't really realize, like, pleading ignorance, and there's such a thing as willful ignorance. How do you not know at how over old he is? I don't know how old Chambers is, but he's got to be in his late 40s, I would believe, about just lynching in general. You you never, you don't know how significant and symbolic a noose is to black people. Like, this is, come on, you guys. This is stuff that we cover in, like, middle school history. I'm so tired of this being the very convenient excuse. Like, I'm doing some introspecting and learning. I need to be doing more learning. If you're still learning at 50 years old that you can't say that, to a black person, I don't know what to tell you. Do we also need to cover? Is it geographical to cover that you can't call a black man boy? Like, where do we, when does this stop? Thank you. And why do you think we got so fired up about this new situation with our boy Bubba Wallace down in Talladega? Because the insinuation of it is harmful and dangerous. And I'll tell you this personally, as a black person, it's scary. Correct. You know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to hear that word from no white person in position of authority because that is terrifying. Yes. Plainly either in insensitivity or in threats. And I'm not out here to paint Chambers as some terrible person. That's not the point. The point is that for Rasir Bolton, dog, that's a you-gotta-go situation. You know? And think about how many athletes with those kind of minor microaggressions in terms of the perpetrator have to deal with that kind of stuff and just swallow it. He says he got ostracized from the team because he wasn't considered all-in. Dog, if you drop a noose bomb on me and you're my coach, I'm gone. Flatly, but that's or the thing. Though, or either you're gonna get yelled at about it. But you know that's the thing. He didn't even happens, do that. So. He, but he didn't do that, Clinton. Like he actually tried to stick it out and waited for an apology. There was absolutely right. no apology. It was like, oh well, it's your issue and your problem, and you you took it to see, you know, you need psychological help. They sent him to or told him he should go to a psychiatrist to deal with his issues. Like that's the problem is that he didn't want to. Black people always have to be the one to sacrifice. That we always have to be the one to move, pick up and move programs, or sit out this, or you know, we're always the ones that have to sacrifice. When all Bolton was really asking for was for someone to take this seriously and to get an authentic and genuine apology from his coach which didn't come until it became public a year later and now we've got this long lengthy you know twitter post which again is very nouveau riche meanwhile y'all trying to tell us about us i mean black people that were abused in the system by trying to transfer to different schools when situations change that's not right because you don't ever really know the circumstances availability of movement is simply a basic fact of how American labor structures work. And if you don't believe that college athletes are working, well, you don't understand anything about America. It's the intersection on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. I'm Clinton Yates. She's L. Duncan. I mean, the question is, could situations like this one, the one that Rasir Bolton experienced at Penn State, cause other black athletes to consider HBCUs? We talked to McCoy Maker just last segment. Very intelligent brother with a nice little game to compliment it, 
who's going to a lovely town in America to matriculate and be an athlete. He made a nice choice, but this is a serious point. If you're going to go from Pappy Valley, Pennsylvania, to Iowa, Iowa. Right. I don't know a black person in America that can name a county in Iowa. Me included. Then you know something was messed up in terms of what he felt as a support system, L, in that scenario, which is the most important part about this. You look at the MLSs of the world, where brothers aren't really considered big-time black athletes in the larger scope of things. You look at all these other leagues where cats are standing up, and you wonder, well, what does this mean? If you can't just say, oh, well, you know, I don't see the effect right now. The effect is that dudes like Rasir get to tell their story. So you get to know. So in recruiting, the next time a coach says something that out of pocket, somebody can call him on it. It's trickle down. That's how generational trauma works. If you want to understand us, help us heal that trauma generationally on up. And that goes for everything, including talking about nooses to kids who don't have any leverage to stand on. I'm so proud of his family for standing up for him, L. You know what I'm saying? And support him in this decision when nobody else would. You're listening to The Intersection on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Clinton Yates, L. Duncan is presented rather by Progressive Insurance. Uh, We've been asking for calls, and it appears we have one, Clinton, from Mike in Virginia. So uh, what up, Mike? Mike, you're on The Intersection on ESPN Radio. Don't get nervous. Hey, how you doing? Tremendous. Uh, Listen, the reason I was calling – I just turned. I listen to ESPN all the time. You're a good station, and you got a lot of good points. But then I turned it on this evening, and I'm listening to you, and you're bringing up all this negativity about this guy from Penn State transferring to Iowa. And when people hear that, it upsets them. They get irate, and it, it, it does no good. Um, that's not what needs to be talked about. We need to talk about things that are going on positive in this country with the black community. There's a lot of My, things. That quick, you can quick interjection. I've been talking about with this kid. Mike, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who gets irate? Okay. And mind you, I've been talking very positively about a lot of tremendous fried chicken establishments that I love in the District of Columbia and McCord Maker's Choices. I'm very happy about that. Who gets irate okay. when we discuss who we are positively? Tell me. Well, it's like this kid that you're talking about transferred to Iowa State. That To me, that has no relevance whatsoever. It's not helping anybody. It's just uh, irritating people because there's going to be people that's going to be mad about this kid having to transfer by what you're telling that he went through, you know, with, with the news thing or whatever. We don't need to hear about that. We need to hear positive stuff. That so we should just ignore, we should just ignore relevant news, like like a young man being courageous enough to speak out a bit against some of injustices that he faced. And, and his parents have to, to travel cross country on a regular basis in order to defend him against somebody who has power that he doesn't. We should just ignore that. Is that what you're suggesting? I'm just saying that it really doesn't have any relevance in what the big picture of what's going on in today's society. Okay. Thanks for the phone call. That is the definition of privilege, kiddos. You're listening to The Intersection on ESPN Radio. I'm Clinton Yates. She's L. Duncan. Call us up. We talk about these things for a reason, not because we're trying to be combative, but we're trying to let you know. It has no relevance. You think we're just out here flapping our gums for nothing? Just making stories up. Whole daggone family's got to uproot their whole lives because what they work for for their whole lives in order for this kid to be able to get to a position to do something suddenly changes because some dude doesn't understand anything about antebellum history. That ain't irrelevant to nobody except for those who have the option to make it irrelevant. That's why we're here, y'all. Preach. Trying to do this. That's the whole problem. Coming up, Kelly Loeffler, Black Lives Matter. To quote Stugatz, collision course. It's the intersection <laughs> of ESPN Radio. I'm Clint Yates. She's L Dunk.